Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're listening to Achtung Noor, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Set no Hello dear listeners, welcome to Akdung Millwall in the aftermath of last night's 2-1 loss at home to Blackburn Rovers. Joining me this morning to chew over the cud of um, some fairly mixed reviews online, but is the uh, the man himself, it's Mr Harry Warren. How are you doing, H? Yeah, good morning everyone. Good morning to you, Nick. Yeah, now before we begin, Harry, this season, as listeners will know regularly, we are working with punditgames.co.uk, the number one uh, football quiz ball games great Christmas present listeners if uh, if you're looking for something to entertain you on the long Christmas afternoons um, and we give each before each show begins we give a little teaser question to give you a taster of the uh, the kinds of um, you know questions to expect different genres of football uh, Premier League Champions League the various decades 2010s uh, 2000s 90s uh, World Cup. This one is a World Cup question, Harry, and this might be this will predate you by a long way. It's more my era, actually. So anyway, we're going to run it. We're going to do the answer at the end of Harry's section this morning, listeners. So stay tuned for that. So this is an AC Milan icon who is best remembered for scoring the winner in the Italian famous, or they call it infamous. I'd say famous four-three extra time win over West Germany in the 1970 World Cup, Mexico. In the semi-final, this player was dubbed Italy's golden boy. He played over 500 times for AC Milan, the Rosso Neri, and he played in four World Cups during the 60s and 70s. He was also famously, apparently, I didn't know this, elected to the Italian, uh, the European Parliament as an Italian member in 2005. So um, we have a player who played for AC Milan between 1960 and 1979. He uh, 501 appearances, listeners, uh, 122 goals. Previously played for a, a small, smaller club in Italy called Alessandria. I don't know them. Um, but he also played for the Italian national team between 1962 and 1974. Uh, 60 appearances, scoring 14 goals. We'll do the answer to that question at the end. Unless you know it, Harry. Do you know the answer? I think, I think I've got an educated guess, but I might be wrong, so I'm not going to embarrass myself. <laughs> All right, we'll, do the answer. we'll do the answer to that question after we've spoken to Harry. Um, H, good to talk to you, mate. Two-one loss last night um, versus Blackburn Rovers. A lot of um, mixed reviews, I think, would be the best way to put it. Let's run through the starting line. It was a change in tactics by Adam Barrett. I think was trying to make his impact. We had James Berylson in the house last night, listeners. 
pictured um, in the director's box, but we had Barton goal back four this time, Harry. Joe Bryan, Jake Cooper, Wes Harding, Brooke Norton, Cuffey. Then um, a midfield of uh, Ryan Longman, Billy Mitchell starting, unusually, last night. Casper uh, Denor. Then the attacking three of uh, Zian Fleming, Ida Moimaku and Tom Bradshaw. Um, I had it as a 4-2-3-1, Nick. You're probably right. I mean, that's, these are notes I took in in the moment at, at the den, so I was, you know, stand to be corrected on that. Um, but it was it was a change of a change of the back four and a change of approach to some extent, Harry. Um, obviously, the uh, the opening goal had more than a touch of fortune about it. Really, you know, the, the goalkeeper let it slip through him, George Long style. He really didn't in that opening. You know, that was about a minute or two minutes into the game, a, a close range header from a corner by Wes Harding. Um, and I thought we were a little a touch fortunate to get ahead, but get ahead we did. And I thought we were trying to play in a different style. How did you pick up the, the approach last night, mate? Because I, I still think the, Gar- the ghost of Gary Rowett is haunting the corridors of the den for me a little bit. Yeah, I think it would be. Um, I mean, let's be honest, it's only, what's it, last Thursday he got his marching orders. Yeah. So they probably travelled up to Preston on Friday and then what they've had Sunday off. They've had a training session on Monday and then they've played Tuesday. Yeah. Um, it's not long to implement anything really. Um, but I feel like there were little, there were good passages in that, in that opening stages. Um, and I thought the personnel changes are things that I think the fan base has been wanting. Um, but it was refreshing to see us kind of, I don't know. I just felt like we played with a little bit more pace and urgency, maybe not to begin with, but definitely in the second half. And I felt like maybe all the things that we said are true in the sense that, yeah, okay, we've going to have to struggle for a little bit and find a new identity under a new manager. But I don't think it's a bad side. And these people that are calling, I think there's a lot of people saying, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're guaranteed to go down and all this kind of doom and gloom nonsense. It's absolute bollocks. Like, there's no way we're going to get relegated. There's no way. You know, there's there's three worse teams than us in this division, definitely. So we're, we're, we'll be fine. Whether we get promoted or not, it's another, another thing. But I thought, yeah, I, ju- I just thought we looked a bit, a bit more Millwall-like in the sense that I just felt like we tried to go forward and getting the early goal was good. And it, it seemed like it was going to be a, a fun night, shall we say. Yeah, started off well. Um, I, I, I think a touch of fortune because the goalkeeper did let it get through him. And, you know, you, you, one day you get that. Most days you don't get it. Um, I, I, I take your point. I, I think the problems, and you know, in the aftermath of a loss, listeners, you're going to have to focus on the problems, really which won't have changed much from the Rowett era. As, as you say, Harry, it's only a, not even a week yet, I don't think, since um, the man left the building. Um, so I would pick up on the wayward passing. At, I mean, both teams were guilty of this, in fairness. I thought it was particularly the first half. It was like watching um, you know, some good bits, but then there's a lot of poor choices, poor, poor uh, balls um, going into touch and, and so on. We, we look looked until the second half like we could play for a month of Sundays and not get close to goal. We did look better with the introduction of um, Ramon Essay and George Savile, of course, who another player that um, you know has, has, has been out in the cold for a long time, for whatever reason. None of us know that. Um, 
for me, we're gonna if we're gonna play a back four, we're gonna look more open. So you know, we did look um, we did look a bit prone to being pulled apart by a team that break well. And I think if I wanted one thing, you know, going forwards, Harry, it's, it's kind of what we saw a little bit with Blackburn that pace and willingness. I mean, the the, the um, some of the balls forward. I think it was the goal that put them ahead uh, with leaping about a bit, but the, the, the two, one goal were so to speak was a beautiful pass and they broke with men in space and exposed our defense. I'd love to see us do a bit more of that kind of, you know, we, we, we probably lack that pace in the squad. Maybe that's the problem, but that's what I would love to see from a mill side because they did that very well. I thought Blackburn last night. Yeah, they did. I think they were helped massively by the fact that we only had ten men when they scored their second goal. Um, well, Brian was down, yeah. That 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 space that they exploited was where Brian should have been. But I think the difference is is that Millwall could have played against ten men, and we won't find that pass. There was like a killer instinct with them to take that, and the finishes finishes good. Um, but I I don't know. I think we're quite. Ratwick's football is pass, 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 interchanging positions. It's all very central. There's never anything really down either wing. There's no wing play. Therefore, we don't really have any quick wingers to spread the play and get in behind. And Bradshaw's not got, a, not blessed with the world's, you know, fastest engine on him. He does all his work rate and I love him to bits, but he's not going to run in behind often. And when, no. he does, when, he, when we did find him last season, he did, you know, score you know, his record, they were goal title, but we're not doing that this season. And yeah, I, ju- I just think we're, we, it's like an identity crisis. We're not quite good enough to play the way we want to play to beat teams. So we've now got a change and that might mean that we've got to do some squad trimming and, and reshaping in January with whoever the manager is, because I don't think, I also don't think, you know, you can have managers and tactics and uh, until the cows come home, but the squad is the squad. And I don't think necessarily the squad had the surgery done to it in the summer that it needed. And I think we're finding it out quite quickly, really. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. And I'd also agree that the, the identity of Millwall, in whatever you say about Gary Rowett, um, that identity and, and his football was there for a while. We, whether it was enjoyable or not is a separate subject but you kind of knew what you were going to get from Gary Rowett's a, a, you know away a team approach both home and away um but I think that faded I, I don't think we quite know who we are at the moment I would agree with agree with that um I think we were trying um I don't know why I've written down the, the chimpanzees tea party that was an old school thing listeners for all you youngsters and I went to this when I was a kid where the chimpanzees at London Bridge would be given tea pots to try and organize a tea party and the, the humor was in the fact they, they they were trying to mimic humans and and obviously um you know there was there was a slapstick humor to be had and I got a sense of the chimpanzees tea party maybe at times we were trying to play a beautiful style of passing which we did on occasion at Preston and we to some degree did on less occasions last night for me Harry but it's like we're trying to pretend to be one of those sides when we haven't really got the um we haven't got the elegance to 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 do that properly and I I think we're probably caught in what you've just rightly said is is a a summertime that went past us because if you're going to play that style you need different players especially at the back I don't think we've got the players to pass Accurately, I think that's probably what I picked up on the first half, particularly loose passing a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think you're now definitely. I don't think on the on the list of um, 
things that happened at the start of this season by October, you had losing the new number one goalkeeper and going back to Bart. No. And you didn't have losing Hutchinson and, you know, having Wes Hardy sort of thrown in. And, and we've not got a ball playing centre-back, so if you're playing five, you need one of them to come out, sort of Alan Man City, John Stones type style. We haven't got that. Um, but, you know, these are all negatives. I, I think the only... And and again, I, I thought last night Ryan Ryan Longman was awful. Um, yeah, he showed nothing last but, night, did he? And I've liked no, him. I've liked him from what I've seen of him, but wasn't his night last night. That's for sure. I I, th- I think when you've got, uh, I, I think again, it, it's quite strange that we've got Norton Cuffey, who's a proper wing back rather than a right back. I think better going forward than he is defensively, and he's you know, running past your winger and, and, and overlapping, but not just overlapping, he's carrying the ball 40 yards to, to do it because yeah. the, the winger can't get free. And that kind of kind of is the epiphany, like the antithesis of where we are at the moment in, in the sense that that player should be making a run. We all know he should be making that run, but the player himself doesn't know to make that run, which strikes me as odd. Also strikes me as sort of a bit jumbled thinking. And then also... Maybe pressure. I don't know. Maybe they think they're a little bit under pressure. The owner's over. The manager's gone. For all you know, the rumours swirling around online, they all wanted him gone. Mm, um, yeah. And now they've got to, now they've got to perform for whoever comes in. So I, I don't know. It's an uninspiring managerial list. I mean, I was looking this morning before I spoke to you, Harry, and Neil Warnock is now three to one favourite. Muscat is. This is on Skybet. Um, Musket has gone down to uh, nine to two, four and a half to one, so to speak. Um, so Warnock... remember, remember, ladies and gentlemen, the bookies know fuck all. By the way, just to let everyone know. Um... <laughs> no, I mean this is presumably money's going on in various locations, and Musket's gone down to four, uh, four and a half to one. Um, Warnock three to one at the moment. Eustace and Beal, and then Jones, Nathan Jones with Musket on the outside now, but. I mean, is it then quite a gap in betting terms? And Harry is is correct. I mean, they, the only thing I would say with bookmakers is they, they make their living trying to um, get things right, so that they set the odds accordingly, so they earn earn a profit. But um, quite a gap between Musket and then Adam Barrett, um, who obviously took the reins last night at fourteen to one with Mark Kennedy. Um, so you know, it, it's a it's a tough one because I think you are having to. I mean, I've written the art of management, football management especially is making the most of the squad you have rather than the one that you might wish you had. And, you know, the, the, the passing style at last night looked a little bit ungainly. I mean, I've already mentioned the, um, you know, the analogy with the tea party at London Zoo back in the 60s. And it's it's that kind of, um, you're trying to pretend, that, you know, fake it if you can make it type of idea that I don't think we're quite comfortable with the passing style. One or two players are. Casper de Noor is very, very comfortable with it and looks really good. And and to some extent, Zian Fleming too. But I just wonder, whoever comes in here has got to try and create a new identity for us. They've got to decide what kind of Millwall we are, haven't they? Yeah, they do. I think also, when you're looking at managers, and they say this kind of for the Premier League a lot now, so they start talking about what um, whether they're a good coach who improves players. Mm-hmm. Now, this should to, to most people, this should be like normal. But people don't really improve players anymore. They just buy new ones. That's that's kind of the way our football is. Um, but if you have a look at, say, Eddie Howe at Newcastle, what he's done to his side is, yeah, they've bought a few players, but they he's made the players they had originally better. Yeah. Um, and kind of realistically, that's what Millwall need. 
in a manager. We need someone that's going to make players better because we can't afford to spend copious amounts of money that we haven't got. Um, and I think, you know, list, looking at that list that you've just named, there's some managers on there that I definitely don't want us to have. That I mean, the red flag. I mean, for the banter, purely for the banter, Walnut sounds hilarious, but it, it's not. It's not the right move at all. I think we're well past that now. Maybe it's not a long term move, Harry, is it? No, it's it, not, and it's 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 a move that could make you go backwards. I think realistically, we've sort of committed to being. I don't know. We've committed to be a passing style of football and sort of, you know. Bermondsey Burkamp and mm. Fleming and uh, and all this and the Bel- like fucking the Bermondsey Belgium for Denor or whatever we want to nickname <laughs> him, but we haven't got one yet. Um, it, it's just we we kind of need to if we're going down the road with this sort of the, the sort of way we're going that Rowick started, you need to go and get a Bill, a Jones, someone like that, right? And maybe even Muscat. I don't. The thing is, everyone keeps mentioning Muscat. I am not an expert in the Japanese leagues. No, I don't know if no, you no. are. No, I no, don't know if no. anyone in the entire. It'd be a surprise if I was, wouldn't it? That would be, that, would be. That would be a leap in listenership because they say, "Well, Nick knows all about the Japanese league. I know very little about Japan." Um, I, the only thing I know is that about the Japan, <laughs> the Japan league is Gary Lineker one that spent a year out there. That's about it, right? They but perform. Like, they perform well in well quarter-final level, perhaps, in World Cups from time to time. So I'm, I'm imagining it to be a reasonable standard out there. I mean, how that translates into the rough and tumble of the championship, which is a very, very tough league, Harry. I mean, you know, I know it's we're setting quite high standards for Millwall, really, historically, by expecting us to survive in, in the championship, which is which is Gary uh, Rowett's great achievement in truth for us, although it wasn't spectacular. Um, but I'm just looking at the league table after last night's loss. We're on in 16th position, 16 points. Thankfully, listeners, there's quite a gap now between the bottom three of that managerial genius at Gareth Ainsworth and QPR on, in, on eight points. We're in 22nd, then below them, Rotherham and Sheffield. So let's, let's hope to the football gods, Harry, that that form continues for the season because that means that the, the relegation spots should be largely taken care of with, you know, with a scratchy season, if that's what we're going to get. Um, but I was also looking at the home form table, which tells a different story from the Millwall perspective. Are we, are we bottom? <laughs> Not quite, but we are sitting just one above the relegation three of uh, Rotherham, Sheffield, Wednesday and QPR, who are bottom. But Millwall are in 21st position on the home form only, so it's a way form that's saving our bacon at the moment. I mean, that's, that's to some extent stating the, the, the obvious for listeners, of course, but just two wins... At home, um, uh, one draw and four losses, um, and as somebody pointed out on online, that that's um, uh, well, Paul, Paul, Chewy, Louis, shout out, Mopes, Mister Berylson, James Berylson was in the house last night. We'll be getting his new management team because if it carries on like this, we'll be in the mix with QPR, Sheffield, and Rotherham because that's where we sit in the home form. Traditionally, our bastion, Harry, of course, the thing. Yeah, but not so much under Gary Rowett, I'd say. No. Um, and, and you know, and not really this calendar year. I think we all said the reason that we missed out on the playoffs was that our own form decided to take a very, very sharp turn and decline. Um, and I think this season, what was the win? The win against Stoke and the win against Rotherham on a Wednesday night. So we only won one Saturday game all season. Yeah, we? yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's shocking, really. We just, you know, the only, <laughs> the only thing I would say to that is that 
there's a there's a balance between getting us on board at home. I don't want you to go gun the home and play four two four and uh, you know go Holloway about it. But I think that was really what done for Gary Rowett was the home form. I don't I don't necessarily think anyone had a problem with Gary Rowett's away form. He was a good manager for you travelling and nicking something, and no one's going to ever. We're not all thick. We we know that we've got to play a different way home and away. And I think yeah, yeah. the problem is with Gary Rowett is by the end, he didn't know how to play differently at home and away. And, and his home form did for him, I think, really, in terms of turning fans against him or the vast majority of fans against him. Um, and I, I think that was kind of what what the nail in the coffin was. The, the, whoever comes in next, the, the problem is, is I think the players are scared to play at home. I think that's a part of what we're sort of tapping into last night in that, you know, they don't want a go maybe and play at the den. The den's quite nasty. We, we as we all know, we're, we're not the most forgiving. No, it gets, it gets quite of... acid quite quickly. And, and people are entitled, to, especially with numbers like that, where, we, you know, and this has been going for some time, Aaron. I mean, under Gary Rowe, as you said, I mean, we were not known... Um, as a home force and that's what we're used to. And that's kind of what the Millwall crowd demand. I think you can have a wayward away form um, because everyone expects that, but at the den at Coldblow Lane and Zampa Road, you're expected to, to produce the goods. And if you don't, then you're going to be in trouble. That's, that's where we are at the moment. Um, just want to go back to the goals last night, the equalizing goal confused me in real time. Looking yeah, at me. The highlights, really. It took a slight deflection. I thought it took a bigger deflection in in in, uh, in real time, but it it, it bamboozled uh, Bart in goal. I don't think you can be. I saw people picking him up online for um, not getting up, you know, getting a, to grips with that one. But he performed some some great saves elsewhere through the game. Some of the yeah. chances Blackburn um, didn't get. Uh, I think there was a moment in the second half where he he pushed a, a point blank save onto the onto the roof uh, onto the, the yeah. crossbar. Um, so he made one save with his legs as well at one point in the second half as yeah. well, and that that would have been game over. I think he made two or three great Bart esque Bart at his best type saves last night, which doesn't make up for the one that he fucked up in the first half. But I think a lot of people in real time sort of there was like an audible glass because from where I was sitting, it looked like he'd saved it and pushed it back out. To, yeah. The onrushing. It seemed to go in slow motion. I mean, I'm not a long way away at my end, looking back down the pitch. But um, I I was a bit confused as to what actually happened. It certainly finished up in the net, but it it seemed to be like a like a a, you know a a pin a a pinball table almost. It kind of kind of went seemed to zigzag around and finished up in the net somehow. But whether that was Bart's fault or not, I I, I don't know. It did take a deflection, so it was it was a much tougher. Chance in the event than the, um, but we we again we 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 give space and gave space to Blackburn to get the ball out wide, right cut in and get a shot away. And I think that's if you're allowing shots, you're going to concede it at some stage. So um, take your pick as to whether you want to blame Bart or charge that to Bart's account, listeners. But um, I thought the rest of his performance last night was a standout, really, Harry, because we would have been three or four down, but for the, the efforts of Bart Belkowski. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he, I think any error that he made for the goal was made up by the three that he saved. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. Injury people don't see it that way. <laughs> no, injury to to Joe Bryan, which will be a bit of a blow. I quite liked him. I think he's got a bit of class and quality. I'm going to have to wait and see. Um, Is that how the third bad... time. That's the third time he's been injured already, isn't it? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, he, he didn't look great walking off the pitch, did he? Took his time walking off the pitch. I think he kicked the ground as he hit that ball for the free kick. Right. He, I think he he's standing. I think either he's standing there gave way or he's kicked the ground as he's tried to deliver the ball. Yeah. And done his ankle and then couldn't put any weight on his ankle as he's gone to just rolled it on some walk. So maybe. I don't know. But he, obviously he was down and that led directly to their second goal and the winner. It did, yeah, yeah. Um, which was a nice take. Um, you know, they 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 exploited the situation very, very well. And um you got you gotta acknowledge that. Um Casper Denor, we've mentioned already. It was a start for Billy Mitch last night in, in midfield. Um, and people were slating him on, online. I, I, I thought he did okay for me last night. I, I don't know if I watch a different game sometimes. I didn't think he did as badly as some people make out. I think he's become a convenient coke peg to uh, borrow of, a cliche. Yes, of course, because he supports Millwall and therefore he must be the best player on the pitch at all times. <laughs> he's got to be sweating blood, hasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. It's so, it's so bollocks, isn't it? It is bollocks. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, the problem is with the midfield, and I think this is, we've got, it's a Gary Rowick disease, right? And it is, it's, it was, he's the disease all the way through his middle managing career, is that Gary Rowick loves central midfielders that all do the same fucking job, right? And they all do the same job, right? Savile is not a 10, right? And he's not really, he's probably, you know, a six, maybe. He's not an eight anymore because he's getting old, right? Mm. Billy Mitchell isn't really ball skills wise that good, other than passing it sideways or backwards to, to be a proper six or a deep lying sort of quarterback six to play in behind. Fleming's your 10, Denor's your six now. It's like, right, okay, well, I've just named four players and Millwall haven't got budget to carry sort of six and seven, which really Leonard's the centre midfielder playing centre back. And 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 then you sit in there going, right, okay, well we've got all these midfielders that all do kind of the same thing. Yeah. And we've got no and then we're surprised that we've got no wingers or anything at the club to go wide with. And they've got no one to hit because you have to play the ball into space and expect people to run onto it. And we seem to play everything has to go to feet. It's to feet, to feet, to feet, to feet. Mm, with no impetus. Yeah. Yeah. The difference with Blackburn is they played the ball into the space and you run onto the space and you have players that run run to the ball. We don't really have that. If we break it down, really, you know, with our wingers, even even SA to a point and Amaku, they're like, they want it in front of them or they can travel with the ball, but they really want the ball at their feet and they want to be able to beat people. But our system doesn't really allow them to get the opportunities when they can isolate their man and, uh, and run at them. And then by the time that, SA had put, what, three or four crosses on when he come on. They then started doubling up on him. And it's when he gets doubled up on, he loses all impetus. But that should, in theory, free somebody else for him. Uh, yeah. But it, but it didn't. Um, I don't think that helped that Amaku sort of blew up after about 60 minutes. Yeah. But I think this is another thing that I noticed last night is how unfit we looked compared to Blackburn. We just looked fucked. And we've only played two, what, you know, Saturday and Tuesday after the international break, and we looked fucked. Mm. We got blowing out of our arse. A few people have made that point over over recent weeks, Harry, haven't they? That we look unfit, um, which is, you know, I also, you know, is a related point in a way. I noticed we'd, I'd never heard of this bloke. Maybe that, that that's the link that our health uh, director of health and fitness or whatever his title was has left with. It must have been Gary Rowett's man because he's gone 
with Gary Rowett. And um, but I mean, that's that's an indictment if if our players aren't as fit as their opponents. And I, I think we probably say that a few times over the course of the season. We've looked pretty sluggish, um, which is you know damning at championship level, would not it? Professional athletes, you know. Yeah, I, th- I feel like we've got a bit of the George Grahams about us that I reckon they all just went into training and done the same thing every day and, and that was it and you didn't really have to think about it anymore and that's where it goes back to about the managerial appointment is you've got to get someone, I think you've got to get somebody that either gets us and gets these players and that's what that's what the difficulty is with Millwall as a job because you're not going to get funds, you're going to get a shit ton of abuse but you're also within that got to manage the fact that you've got to kind of it's weird you've got to kind of understand that you're going to get that but we don't really mean it we're not doing it because we want you to foul we're doing it because we want you to win it's sort of like yeah it's a very difficult form. gig isn't it i'm not sure i'd yeah. be very good in the role harry to be honest with you i think i've been i've been kind of saying i think what i would say is that for for any prospective mill manager is that i think millwall fans in general would rather you be honest um yes i'd then, agree with that yeah then do sort of gary rowett pr speak because i'd rather you come out and go yeah we were shit within mm. sort of football parlance yeah, and yeah. i can accept that and if you know that that's fine i've got you know and you can give me the reasons why um but <laughs> by the time you go you know, talking about fire and ice and fucking a war of dragons, whatever the fuck Gary Rowett was going on by the end. You know, that's not a tactical masterclass. That's just bollocks. And uh, I suppose that's Warlock's great, only experienced man at the end of his, uh, you know, towards the latter days of his of his football career. So you, you can have at least the, um, you, you can no longer care what, what people say back to you at a certain point. So maybe that will be his, his, um, his winning winning uh, trait, I don't know. I mean, certainly, um, it's going to be a difficult appointment. James Berylson was in the den last night, listeners, so clearly... Yeah, um, they were there, weren't they? Yeah, and I was interested to see there was no post-match conversation between JB, JB Jr. and uh, Adam Barrett, so I think we can probably safely eliminate um, Adam Barrett from the, uh, you know, from the, from think, the runners. I, I think... I think if we're being honest, I think the only way Barrett was going to get the job is if we won both games, and then and then it would have been okay. Well, we don't. We've, to... We won it with a plum as well, Harry. I mean, you know, it's he, he edged. I, I remember when he took the reins after um, I think Neil Harris left, and he came in before Rowett arrived, and he got a win against Leeds. This is going back to twenty nineteen. Yeah, we won um, one nil against Leeds, but that was that was a Leeds match back when the Den was 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 alive with that. You know, <laughs> back not, when back when the Den was the Den. Yeah, not not yeah, like yeah, we saw right. this season. Um, and then we went. To, I remember going to to Brentford where we I think we we were ahead, and then they they came back and beat us. Um, and that was uh, did he get a draw? Did he get a draw? I think someone said Watford, but I can't remember. But it's been indifferent, and I'm sure he's a nice bloke, but we've got to get away from this nice bloke kind of um, mentality. We've got to get someone in that's going to change it. So I think that, you know, we've, as, as others have said, we are an attractive club in the sense of our, our, our level. Uh, this is championship football, so it's a real platform if you can get something going. We need someone that's going to be able to work with the squad as it is and make changes, you know, in January probably. I do think we we need some pace coming. Whether that's the players we've got, the youngsters we've got, don't know. Or whether we need to ship some out. I, I, I think probably that if if it can be done. 
but we do need some pace coming in from somewhere. We we need a bit of um, needs a bit of presence up front, Harry. I mean, I, you know, both Bradshaw and Animarku need someone else. Right, you know, and it, we need a Steve Morrison up front, don't we, or someone like? Yeah, it, we we it? are lacking. We are distinctly lacking a target man, aren't we? And yeah. I, I think it's not even a target man to just fucking lump the ball up to. I mean, we are just missing a bit of some just presence. Someone hold, just someone who can hold it. It yeah. just it does it never seems to stick. And, no, and, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And uh, but the problem is, is they cost money, and I think there's a lot of other problems before we get to. We can't put the ball in the back of the net. We last a couple of seasons ago, we'd say, "Oh, all we're missing is someone that can put the ball in the back of the net." Well, they signed Nisbet, and then forgot that we need to give him any kind of service. Yeah, and, uh, and we can't yeah. get the ball into the opposition half long enough to to actually sort of stamp any kind of authority to put crosses in or or anything like that. And we we're, we're so predictable in how we play. I think that's also what's happened is that we've probably played the same way for four seasons and everyone sort of worked us out now. So it is time to have a bit of a bit of a change and go a diff, go a different direction. But whether whether that's with Walnut, whether that's with Bill, whether that's with Muscat, whether that's with whoever comes in, I, I think the, the important thing for whoever comes in is they've got to hit the ground running because if they don't hit the ground running everyone's going to be going we should never have sat Rowich straight away that's that, because there's a large contingent of I want to hear you uh, say that at some point it's not going to happen, <laughs> it's not going to happen. I, I, I'll, I'll see us in League One and I still won't be saying that um, but it's it's. Uh, I, I just want somebody to give me my Millwall back and I, I know that's a, a kind of like a easily Fuckable, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but I, I just want somebody that gives me a team that works its bollocks off, and I'll accept you try. You know what you're saying about wayward passing. I'll accept you wayward passing if you run thirty yards to try and get it back. But we don't have anyone that really does that anymore. And I know football's moved on, and you get picked apart, and you can pass stuff. I just feel like maybe, maybe, we, and again, going back to what you said, we do lack leaders. The team just looks fucking you like, do. yeah. Every every sort of bit of steel has been slowly either they've moved on or they've or they've been they're too old or they've retired or, or, or they've been ousted out. Or, I mean, it's interesting yeah. watching Jules Savile come. And I, and I take your point. He's he's now he's a senior player now, um, and you know at some point your legs start to to not take you as far or as fast as they used to. But he does bring a certain on field presence, and I think that. That's what we've missed across the board, Harry. And it was good to see him back last night, um, however grudgingly, by Adam Barrett. Um, I don't know what he's done to uh, to cross. Maybe he spoke yeah, the truth I, to power. I don't know. I, I, I can I can see that. If, if you're going to say about anyone's character, yeah. if you can see anyone's character that is going to... Uh... He's going to be the one to speak out against power. It would be George Savile in that squad. I would it think be... so. Yeah, I would yeah, think so. I, I, I think, let's be let's. You know, there's like no bones about it. I think Sav hasn't played this season, um, really. No. And whether things were said in the heat of the moment at the end of last season, we can only speculate. But I, I think that George Savile makes me all better. I, realistically, my two midfield, my two, if we're going to pick two, are yeah. Savile and Denor. Um, I would say the same. I think most people would say the same, Harry. I mean, I, I, I mean, to be honest though, if if we if Ryan Leonard's fit. Oh, I picked Ryan Leonard over Sav as a centre midfielder, um, just because of his mobility. I think I think Leonard for eight games 
probably give Savvy rest for eight games that he might need <laughs> these days, and then and then Leonard will get injured, so it'll be all right. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think that's also a little bit of the comedy aspect of it is that the players that we moved on. You look at look at the left hand side, like we lost Malone and Bennett last season. I'm not saying Malone and Bennett are like yeah. the world's greatest miss for us, but it's two bodies that always. Nine times out, maybe not as much as nine times out of ten, maybe six out of ten would come on and do a job. And I just don't really feel like what we replaced people with were any better than what we did. You know, no, I no, I'd agree, I'd agree, mate, I'd agree. Cam- Campbell's another one that I don't understand the money. Sort of, obviously, the money and being spent on two line players, I, I don't get. I think that's just a booster, the amount of troops that we have available. But even the bench last night, I looked at the bench, there was a couple of. There was another youngster, weren't there? On the Lee, Lee, yeah, um, who scores every every week, basically for the for the under twenty ones or whatever. And then I think there was another one on there. And and realistically, maybe maybe that is the way for whatever manager to come in to go till January is okay. Well, I know who's in my plans. I know who isn't in my plans. And if there's senior players that aren't in your plans, I don't see the point in playing them and getting them injured so we can't flog them if we mm. if we can. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, and. You know, we'll play with, some, saying, play with some of the youngsters. Um, I'm not saying do it all the time, but there's, yeah, there's games where... in. Yeah. On to Watford on Saturday. Um, they've not been terribly brilliant themselves this season. They've got the same track record as us. They won last night, won 1 0 at Swansea. So they're on the four wins, four draws, five losses, same as Millwall, 16 points. Um, we'll see, see what we get Saturday. I, I don't even know what to expect. And, and that, I mean, part of me. The Gary Rowett might have nicked a win there because that was the way that yes. Gary Rowett, whether, whether Adam Barrett has got Rowett's, um, you know, uh, abilities on that front, I, I don't know. We're going to find out. I do hope that this management situation is dealt with sooner rather than later because I, I, I'm sad to say it to Adam Barrett, but I don't see him as the as the option. So we need to get it sorted. Far. No, I don't want us to rush. I'm, I'm with you as well, but I'd rather to fuck three games rather than fuck the rest of the season is very important and it's a costly mistake if you get it wrong I mean how many people can they interview a day and there's yeah, I think it's telling that uh, James Berylson's over yeah I think that's quite important and I think that strikes as something's going to happen yeah well I think I think it just proves that he's taking an interest because it's quite easy for him to leave it to as, as they do with the day-to-day running leave it to Steve Kavanagh and it's Kavanagh's shout who he wants to work with day in, day out. But I think it's important probably to to James Burrison and his family that they they obviously don't want to see what their dad built, destroyed. Um, no, no, and no, no. and I, I think that's what everyone's got to kind of remember when they sort of sort of doom and gloom mongering. It's, it's personal. To, I think it is personal to them. And that's why I'd say that maybe that's why the, the decision was made in the way that it was made. Because <laughs> I think it was... a uh, a head and heart thing uh, that sort of they didn't want to sack their their dad's not darling, but they didn't want to sack Gary Rowett because I don't think maybe if well if if, uh, if their dad hadn't sacked him, then they probably felt that, that was his choice, and um, it's been dealt yeah. with now because the by mutual agreement he's gone. But I, I suppose they felt that that was John Berylson's man, and they didn't want to go against that. Which um, I can kind of understand when people talk about the timing and so on and, and so forth. I think it was both sides kind of knew it had been over, but no one wanted to be seen as the bad person. Gary yeah. didn't want to resign, and they didn't want to didn't want to sack him. Um, 
And that's why we've been caught on the hop, shall we say, as we're sort of sitting here now five days, six days on and going, hmm, not really sure what's going on. And I don't think anyone has any kind of idea of who the... Fa- I know the bookies no. have, have said what they've said, but I don't think I don't think Millwall were planning it and therefore they haven't really made, you know, not that I know of and not that you know of, obviously, made any kind of... a any kind of approach to anyone. And they de- certainly aren't going for anyone in a job. That's That can be almost guaranteed with Millwall, that any, Millwall will never take someone from another job. Millwall will not pay compensation money to take someone else. So, I was just going to come on to the pundit question shortly, listeners, but I've got another question for you here, Harry. Um, separate question to the pundit one. It's um, who who was the uh, the Vita Risk Solutions Ishmian League Premier Division Manager of the Month this month? Who do you think that was? Steve Morrison at uh, Hornchurch. That's right. And I've got just looking at his in the Instagram feed for Hornchurch official, and there he is on the running track at Hornchurch Stadium receiving his um, Manager of the Month award. Congratulations, Steve! It says, and I think I'll congratulate him too. Um, and I'll just throw it in there for mischievousness, dear listeners. I've got. He's not even... now. <laughs> anyway, I know. Thank... I know. It's, I know it's only down the road, but there's no need to take the piss, is there? <laughs> I mean, if I ever want to make myself want to see a man more miserable than me, I'll just go and watch Hornchurch for a Oh, God, it's only around the corner, mate. Um, incidentally, nice Thai restaurant in Hornchurch, listeners. We went to the Giggling Squid. We went there the other night. Anyway, that's totally, totally nothing to do that's with the show. Nice. Um, I'm going to close Harry's bit now. Uh, the pundit question. An AC Milan icon, Harry, best remembered for scoring the winner in the Italian win over West Germany, as they were then, 4-3 in the 1970 World Cup semi-final. The Italian golden boy here amassed over 500 games for the Rosso Neri AC Milan and played in four World Cups during the 60s and 70s. He was also elected into the European Parliament. Um, the name of that player, do you know it, H? No, I think he's the guy that done the celebration that's quite famous. He just ran off screaming. Is that the guy? No, that's that's um, oh god, what was his name? Uh, this, the, yeah, I know that was that was uh, not Tardelli. What was his name? He, uh, the famous image, uh, and I can't think of a goal scorer now. But that was when they won it in nineteen eighty two. That one, um, right, okay. Gianni. That name the name of the, of the player in question, who is a very famous Italian from the seventies, is a Gianni Rivera. Rivera, and I'm going to have to look up the 1982 World Cup now because Harry's put that in my mind, and I can't let these um, FIFA World Cup. There we are; these moments pass me by. Listening, hang, hang on, hang on. Paolo Rossi, Paolo Rossi. That's the go. famous image. Big thank you to Harry Warren. Um, have a good day, mate. Well done with the swimming. How's the swimming going for the listeners? Yeah, it's going all right. Twelve miles in, ten more to go. Near, nearly there. I hate the sight, sight of a swimming pool at the moment, but we're, we're getting there bit by bit. We'll put a link out for Harry's um, Just Giving page. What's, what's the call? It's, it's, a, it's a local charity thing, Harry, isn't it? Yes, uh, a charity called Aspire. It helps um, people with spinal cord injuries um, just how to adapt their lives and stuff. One in four people will suffer a spinal cord injury mm. at some point in their life. So, mm. um, yeah, it's, it's a nice charity, good cause. H is doing the equivalent of the English Channel at his local Horn Church, where Steve Morrison is manager of the month, listeners. Swimming pool. There we are. Big thank you, Harry. Thanks for coming on the show, mate. I appreciate it. No worries, mate. Thank you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello? Huge thank you to Harry for joining me on the show earlier on today. Next, though, listeners, my favorite part of the show is the voicemails. Um, always look forward to these, always good stuff on them. If you want to send me your voicemail post-match, midweek, anytime you like, really, events of note at the den, you can do it one of two ways. You can go onto my Twitter feed, um, send me a direct message, and if you go into the bottom corner of the direct message, there's a little sound symbol, and you can speak, and that will send me a voice message, which is highly usable for the shows. I always appreciate any any messages that uh, people send me. I believe there's a time limit of a 2 minutes 20 on those messages, but you can send another one if you get cut out halfway through. So Twitter, direct message, select the voicemail option. Very, very welcome. Alternatively, if you've got my mobile number, and I am quite liberal in giving it out to people, but I just don't want to stick it online, you can always send me a, um, a voice note via WhatsApp. It's dead simple. Um, just record it on your on your voice option on your phone and then WhatsApp it over to me post-match, midweek, after events of note. Always welcome. Anyway, first up on tonight's voicemail parade, it's the ever-inimitable, I always look forward to his messages, it's Mr. Bill Slack. Hello, Nick. Bill Slack, bit of Millwall throat today. Um, I've decided to take a new approach to watching Millwall. Um, I started it last night. I don't know what the listeners will think. I've decided to not look at the overall performance and ignore the fact that we're losing every week <clears throat> and just really watch players that I enjoy watching and performances that I enjoy watching. This sounds like nonsense as I'm saying it, but hear me out. Um, I watched Norton Cuffey last night and and absolutely loved watching him play football. It was a, it was a privilege to watch um, Dinore. It's got to be Dinore, isn't it? N O R R E is not Dinore, is it? It's Dinore. There's got to be an A on the end of it. It's got to be Dinore. What it certainly isn't is Dinore, which is how the Sky commentator um, pronounced it at the weekend. Um, Dinore. He is an absolute joy to watch. He's worth the season ticket money on his own. So I'm turning up at Millwall for the rest of the season 
to watch these players, to watch Norton Cuffey, to watch Denore, um, to see the development of Imaku, to watch Eze come into his own. Um, and if the results don't go our way, the results don't go our way. But, you know, there are some players there of a quality we don't normally have at Millwall. So that's what I'm doing. I think we were unlucky last night. You can't odds your left back going down with a joint with a groin injury like he's been shot and then running down the right wing and scoring. You you, you can't odds it. Um there ain't enough goals in the side, but there's some real quality in there that I'm gonna enjoy watching for the rest of the season. Um that's me. Over and out, Nick. Thanks, mate. See you soon. Big thank you, Bill. That is a novel approach. Um, I suppose it fits in with the modern world of, um, you know, kids kids focusing on players, which apparently is what the kids do now, listeners. Um, not that I uh, would under- presume to understand what Generation Z do with their world, but apparently now you follow a player rather than a team. Incidentally, apologies for the dog barking in the back garden. The neighbour, it, it's, it, it's, it must be a West Ham dog because it knows when I'm recording Achtung Mill. It does it a lot. Um, do agree with you, Bill, about Denor, Denore, um, um, and Norton Cuffey. High praise for Denor, though. He is a quality, quality turn. I do agree. Um, and I'm just going to go out now and shut that fucking dog up. Anyway, next up, let's have a listen to Lawrence Binney. Hi, Nick. Lawrence here. Um, just back from the game. Um, that was a strange one, wasn't it? Um, I thought, you know, quick out of the traps get a fairly fortunate goal. Couldn't really see it that well from a cold blow lane end, but it looked like the keeper fumbled it in. Um, and then it became very quickly apparent that uh, we'd sort of just disregarded defending. Um, maybe some sort of uh, kind of dirty protest um, in footballing terms against four years of stodgy um, but organised conservative football. Um, it looked like... Uh, it looked like uh, Norton Cuffey and Brian were basically playing as wingers, which left us two at the back for large parts of the game. And we were duly picked off um, by a side that are fairly slick. Um, I think their team has been together for a while um, and kind of showed us how to um, how to be ruthless in front of goal. Um, it's interesting because I'm looking at some of the patterns of play especially from some of our more talented players like Denor and uh, uh, Fleming um, and Norton Cuffey, who was excellent again tonight. Um, yeah, you can see, you can see the shoots again. You can see the shoots of a side that really want to play football, really kind of want to get it down, want to want to be sort of expressive in the way that, that they play. Um, but at the same time, you kind of do need to do the basics right and we didn't do that tonight. Um, slightly worried that we've got a uh, fairly big squad, um, or at least we seem to be very well stocked in certain areas, um, and yet don't really seem to know um, what our best pairings are. Um, that's something that the new manager will have to sort out fairly sharpish. Also, I think we are in desperate need of another striker. Um, Imaki's very raw. Um, Bradshaw and Nisbet seem to do the exact same job. So, yeah, someone bigger that's coming down the middle. Um, and I think we might we might do all right in the end. All right, cheers, Nick. Bye. 
Thank you, Lawrence. I'm loving the idea of it being a dirty protest against stodgy row at ball for four years. That would be wonderful if that were true. I'm going to hold that image and I might even mention it again and again and again in future shows. I love it so much. Yeah, it was a strange game last night. I think probably the image that really it comes across to me at the moment is that we have a, a strange mix of... Um, continental talent, and by that, of course, we're talking about Zian and we're talking about Casper de Noor, um, and you know, um, players of that ilk. I, mean, I know that Norton Cuffy is not continental, but he, he could play in that kind of side. So, we've got players of, of, of a level mixed with a kind of a League One bruiser defense, which is still very much um, a Neil Harris defense, isn't it? From, from the promotion season, so it's a really weird, um, developmental kind of phase that I feel we're in I'm not sure that Gary Rowett ever really um, tackled or even could had the had the um, the wherewithal to, to tackle that essential dilemma of the, the Murray Wallace trying to pass to um, you know Casper de Noor. no disrespect to Murray who I love but you can see the the problem that can that can be generated from that so, um, yeah, anyway, huge thank you to Lawrence. And this is going to go now to Big Paul. Big shout out to Big Paul. Let's have a listen to what Paul's got to say. Evening, Bish. Um, hope you're keeping well, mate. I think uh, it's a bit better, a little bit better, but um, not enough better. You know, it's, it doesn't really look too dissimilar to, to Rao, apart from the effort. And, you know, like they, they look like they give their all tonight, you know, but uh, just... Just not enough, you know, not enough quality, and uh, I think it's it's it is time to get have a new manager, fresh. You know what I mean? It's all right, about I think, oh please don't. And no, no disrespect to Barrett, right? But it's like, you know, it's like it's like leaving a bird but keeping the family on. Do you know what I mean? So, do you know? I just I think get without sounding ruthless needs to go. We need a new team in, new you know, not new you know, a new management team in. Just to sort things out, you know, get get things going and get the get the crowd going again. You know, it's just flat all round. Um, I think having that having that change needs to happen. Needs to be. Well, listen, we've got a good squad there. Let's go. Some good players. Some probably one of the best squads we've ever had. I think. Um, you know. Uh, so you know. Hopefully, we bring in a right. I don't know who the right man is. I'm starting to think more as time's gone on. You know. Uh, Muscat. I just I don't know. You look. I don't. I mean, the others don't. For me, don't have. Just they don't suit us, or they've not really got a lot of experience. And um, I think, like, without sounding horrible, Muscat is probably the best out of a bad bunch there. If I'm brutally honest, um, and you know, he was a he was one. Of, he was he was a fan's favourite, one of my favourites. And uh, I think we might install what, what I think we need on the pitch. Is uh, well, I think we're a bit soft, if I'm honest. You know, after watching us, I know the days of like Terry Erlock and you know Terry's gonna get you. You know, all that all those days are over. You know, I think players have evolved and it's changed. But we don't have our, how many hard men do we have in the team, or who's got something that not many. You know. Uh, I think we need that a little bit of a bit of that in us installed in our in the team, you know. Um a character is what I'm saying. Is um and I think he he would offer us that muscat, you know, as well as toughening toughening them up, getting us 
getting stuck in and getting a crag going. I think it's what we need. I think that would that would be good for us. Without um, sounding like I'm getting up, getting my hopes high, I just think it's uh, it could work. Uh, but what do I know? Anyway, let's hope we we uh, pick the right man for the job or person, should I say nowadays? But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's see. Things can only get better and all that. Anyway, come on, you lion. Speak to you later. Cheers, Paul. Yeah, the musket question is an interesting one because who amongst us listeners really knows what we get from Kevin Muscat, the manager? We all remember the player. Um, as I've said a couple of times on, on these shows, um, Musket, the player, was a, was a mix because he was a physical um, you know, player with a disciplinary record that everyone knows about. But the thing that I don't think ever really got... Um, enough publicity and I don't know you know all you listeners agree with me or disagree with you tell me I thought it was a real high quality fallback for us um a very very strong player who was probably you know but for the disciplinary record he mightn't have been at Millwall let's 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 um you know let's be realistic um because that was always the weight around his shoulders in a sense the fact he had that red mist and that probably held his career back in many respects because I always used to think that he was a really top quality fullback with 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 good touch and skill on the ball. So um, I'm hoping and kind of um, if, presuming that those moved down the the betting um, today, um, I'm hoping that um, that would be the musket that we get if indeed it comes to pass that that's that's who gets the job. Um, from what I've read, the the football season in Japan is continuing. I think there may be some element of wanting um, him him wanting to see the season through with his side in Japanese football, which I could understand if that's if that's true. Um, now, whether that means we're going to get a short term appointment and then Muscat, I'm don't know. I'm probably you know making up fantasy worlds here, listeners. But that would be one outcome. What kind of team would we get with Muscat? Um, as Paul says, and he's dead right, you, we can't operate in the world of Terry Herlock and Vinnie Jones anymore. Those kinds of days aren't, aren't tolerated. You can still tackle a ball within the law. And, you know, obviously the one thing I would say about Gary Rowett, and I don't know how many have noticed this, but our disciplinary record um, has been very good last couple of years. I mean, number of red cards we can probably count on the fingers of one hand in those four years which is a pretty good um, and winning format because if you don't keep your 11 players on the pitch, you're going to struggle. And that's that's the downside of old school football as we used to, to, to appreciate it. Now, whether that means Kevin Muscat's going to come in with a different um, take on the game to what we've been used to or expecting, I don't know. No one really knows what to expect from that. We don't even know if he's going to be getting the job, so I could well be fantasizing which is um you know one of the benefits of being 63 dear listeners next up let's have a listen to matt richard show regular matt oh nick matt richards driving back from the game tonight another frustrating home performance um barrett out get barrett out um it was just it's 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 a weird one because well, I mean, I think he was trying to be more attacking, I guess, with the um, the, the team he picked. You know, Mark, who, you know, he had a good game Saturday. I raved about him Saturday. It wasn't a game for him tonight, was it? Stuck out on the left. 
um, don't think he got up over the halfway line. Well, he did. He did get over the halfway line when he was brought down, which I thought was a penalty sitting in block four. I thought it was a penalty, but referee, again, was shit. Um, but yeah, sorry, going back to the formation, I thought played an attacking formation, I guess, because it's four at the back. Longman on the right. Um, but we just didn't get, get the ball to them. We're just slow and ponderous in our passing. The passing is wayward, and we're just not running into space. And the difference between the two sides in the first half um, was just stark, really. You know, they pass the ball, they move them in the space. They're faster than us. They're one touch, zipping it around. And it's Blackburn. And we're not talking about Leeds or Southampton or some top team it's Blackburn you know and they outplayed us especially in that you know first half and we're lucky to go in one all really and you know a bit of a soft goal um, for us and their goal was yeah again simple one touch football bloke gets in you know in the box and he's and he scores you know and it's um one all, and I say I think we were lucky to be one all um, half time. And um, second half though, fair play, changed it, you know, brought SA on, um, brought Savo on, you know, rightly took Billy off. Billy just slows down the play. You know, he's he's great for breaking up play. Um, he's got the energy, but he just slows down our play if we're trying to pass the ball around. But anyway, we got better in the second half. I mean, um, but. Their second goal was a great goal. Um, but Brian was injured. You know, the referee should have stopped the game. You know, and then they go straight down our left-hand side. And, I mean, it was a great hit by the fella. And I said to the bloke next to me, you know, there's we have not got one player in our team who could do what that player did when he scored that goal to like kind of sprint down the right-hand side, cut in and curl it in. There's not one player in it. So I think some of it is the quality of the team we've got. It's just... It's, even though we've spent money, it's, it's not that great. You know, and you look at the players we've got today, Imaku and SA, and, you know, they're raw, and this, they're, they're going to make mistakes. SA, you know, the chance he had right at the end, you know, he just side-footed it, you know, and it's it's frustrating, but, we, we you know, you know you need to have patience with these players, but this is why we shouldn't be just relying on those players. Those players should be coming on with 20 minutes to play, and there's less pressure on chasing the game, and then you know that's that's the best place for them. But injuries, I suppose, and um, it's, it's meant we've got the team we have. But yeah, I thought second half, I thought, as I say, we, we for 20 minutes we were putting them under a lot of pressure. We had balls going in the box, though the times that go in the box, we just put the balls into spaces, into areas without looking for the man, you know, and it's. So so frustrating. There were chances. Was it Cooper had a head, header which Marco just missed, and Bradshaw header and uh, Norton Cuff had a shot. Bradshaw had a ball came into the box and he hit twice. Why well, he, he could have taken a touch, but he tries to hit first time. It's just I suppose one of those goes in and it's a different game. You know, I, I wouldn't say there's no lack of effort. I saw I thought players were playing for Barrett tonight, um, but it's that lack of quality in the final third um, this really kind of made a difference really you know Barrett, that was Barrett's one of his auditions I guess for the uh, role I think um, Berylson's obviously over for interviews if he's he's blocked out his diary with, with interviews um, I think he might be able to like 
be able to kind of cancel the one with Barrett and go off and get a sandwich or something because I don't think Barrett's going to be getting the job. Um, we need a bit of a clear out. Um, and we need to get someone else in. Um, I just hope that we don't get sucked into some sort of relegation battle in the meantime, really, because it's um, it's not good at home and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. I thought Denoro played well today, just to finish on a positive note. I thought Denoro played really well. And Norton Cuffey was like, um, it was mustard in the second half, weren't he? Um, so that's it, really. Frustrating day, frustrating night. Um, Watford away next. So, um, yeah, maybe we can pick up a point there, but not good. Frustrating. Cheers, Nick. Oh, come on, you lions from Matt. He always finishes off his pieces with come on, you lions. Matt, is it that bad for you, mate? Um, Blackburn's pace and quality passing. Yeah, or a lack of quality. Yeah, um, this is going to be a thing for a while, unless or until the new manager, whoever that is, and I do agree that it's probably not going to be and shouldn't be, Adam Barrett for the reason of starting afresh, the pressing reset or whatever, you know, cliche term you want to use. Um, But we do look a little bit second best. I mean, last night, as we did against Blackburn just a few months ago, they break with pace and power and the shot was was well taken. You can't you can't take that away from the boy that uh, scored the winner goal winning goal for them. Um, we don't do that. And that's a problem. And as we've mentioned a few times now, we look a little bit second best fitness wise perhaps, certainly pace wise, and that's got to be addressed. Now, whether that can be done quickly, whether there are players within the you know, the uh the rising stars that can, can address that, I I don't know. Um but we do need to find some pace and some quality sharpish. Uh, anyway, let's move along with the voicemails. Big thank you to everyone for sending me the voicemails. Have a listen now to John Rankin. Next up is John. Hi, morning, Nick. Uh, John Rankin just calling in with some uh, thoughts after the yet again another home defeat um, at the Den last night. We went to the game. Um, myself and my son drove up. Uh, sorry, I didn't give a reaction straight away after the match because we were waylaid in the club shop after the game trying to sort out a replacement first team shirt for my boy. But thought I'd just ring in. Hope I'm in time for the uh, for the cut of the podcast. Well. <sighs> I don't really what to make of it. I mean, I was quite surprised at the setup. We had two wing backs playing in a back four, which obviously he knows what he's doing. He's a defensive coach, but I think that kind of stretched us a little bit. But it looked reasonably fluid. I mean, I was quite impressed with the style of football. I thought it was better than the very, very sort of stodgy five at the back with two CDMs that, that Gary Rowett seemed to be absolutely stuck to. Um, my thoughts are really that we were good in some areas. I think Casper Denore played well. Um, I think uh, Cuffey had a uh, Brook Norton Cuffey had a good game. Little bit sort of, I'm, I'm a little bit curious out of me on his defensive capabilities, but certainly coming forward, very good. Um, Wes Harding had a good game. You know, scored their first goal. So there was there was some good performances. There were some quiet performances. I mean, Zion was pretty quiet again. Uh, did a few bits and pieces, but didn't really stand out. Uh, but I thought the style of play was a bit more fluid, actually. And I was quite impressed with us going forward. And at least, you know, in the second half, certainly, there was plenty for us to get off our seats about, uh, which is an improvement. 
But uh, lack of, you know, lack of that finishing touch in front of goal. I mean, again, um, my son said to me, um, we're not going to score, are we? And I said, well, we've knocked on the door so many times, it would have opened by now, so I think it's going to stay shut. And that was about 70th minute. We seemed to be sort of getting in good positions, uh, getting the ball in the centre of the park, moving it down the channels, getting crosses in. But it was that's when it all sort of faded out, really. So, a frustrating night. Um, don't really know what's going to go on with the managership. I mean, I noticed that James Berylson was in the ground last night, so maybe they're assessing what's kind of going on. There were quite a few boos for the team uh, at the end of the game. It's another, you know, it's, a, it's another home defeat, and we've got to get someone in who can sort us out down at the den. Because otherwise, um, I think relegation looms, really, to be honest with you. I looked at them and I thought, I looked at Blackburn, the way they were passing the ball. I mean, I looked at their second goal. I mean, what a worldie. From down on their own corner flag, you know, one pass and then that was it. A run, um, cut inside and bang in the top corner. You know, um, we don't score goals like that, do we? And I think that's, (laughs) you know... (laughs) That says it all, really. So, don't know. Let's keep supporting. We're going to Watford. Uh, let's keep getting behind the lads and, uh, you know, look forward to better times. Come on, you Lions. Yeah, we've touched, John, already on the um, the need for pace. I mean, I'd say it's one of the, um, both defensively and going forwards, we, we lack pace. Um, that, that's been illustrated very, very painfully now by Blackburn twice in a few months. So, um, we do need to um, address that. The dog is started barking. Maybe it agrees with my analysis that Mill lack pace. I think the dog probably does too. Um, yeah, clear out time. I think I think Matt said about the need to clear out, and I do agree. This will probably be the biggest handicap for Adam Barrett's pitch if if it's going to be taken seriously at all. He's part and parcel of the last four years uh, under Gary Rowett's direction, of course. So that might be unfair on him, but. Um, yeah, home defeats, yes, um, we are fourth from bottom of the home league table, which from Millwall side is um, pretty shocking, in all honesty. Um, thankfully, so far, we've got three really poor teams at the bottom of the division, so we've got to go some to get out really drawn into a relegation fight, but that's not, it's never, um, you know, there's never cause for complacency on that front, so we do need to start picking up some results, starting with Watford. Um, Saturday, so um, yeah, make you right there. Let's have a listen now to Jim Hackett. Morning, Nick. Uh, Jim Hackett. Just talk about last night's game against Blackburn. Well, what do you say? It's uh, probably typical of our our season, anyway, isn't it? We uh, looked okay on Saturday, and then last night. I don't think if you went through the team in the the defending third, the middle third, we looked good throughout most of the match. Attacking third, we looked um, not just clueless, but we, we looked to have no talent in there. When you look at other teams, Blackburn included, they always seem to have a player who can hold the ball, just keep hold of it and then give it a, a decent pass or a, a trick or something that, that will help them. When we get the ball forward, it's like a trampoline sometimes when it goes into Bradshaw. It comes bombing out. And I think um, with the best one in the world last night, Amaku really didn't um, turn up, I think. There's a lot expected of him and that might be a big learning curve for him last night. And it also might be a, a learning curve for the manager in that, you know, the, the lad's got to be sort of 
introduced gently. He can't be thrown into games and then expected to be the big performer. He's not performed brilliantly. What he did on Saturday, he did okay. And he looked like he's got that promise and he still looks like he's got the promise. So I don't want to dig him out at all. But I thought last night he looked like a, a boy in a man's game. And, you know, we can't put too much expectation on him. He's got to be introduced to the game and, and given that experience, probably in games that we we stand a chance of, of getting something out of. Um, unfortunately for Bart last night, as good as some of his saves were, the one crucial part that he played, he let it through and that was... Uh, Everybody's just shrugging, saying, oh, well, that's Bart. I think it's uh, unfortunate for us that we don't seem to, at this point, have a goalkeeper who can keep the ball out of the net too well. His, his kicking, for me, you know, it's, it's never been great, but I think it's always a, an accident waiting to happen. Um, but we've, that's all we've got, isn't it, at the moment? I think back, the back line... I thought played really well and, and you know, it'd be hard to criticise any of them. I thought Cooper and Harden both did their jobs and, and both fullbacks did the jobs well until Bryant got injured with his free kick and it looks like he might be out for a while. So that's a, a disappointing. And Norton Cuffey looked really, really like a good player last night. So I'm very happy for him because he's been criticised a lot for defending and you know, his, his lack of defending now. But last night, I thought he did quite well and they were up against some good players. It was just unfortunate that Brian got injured at that point and then when Blackburn did score their goal, they came down that side. That's, I mean, that was bright play from Blackburn anyway, but, you know, the, I don't think you can criticise anybody for the goal they scored because it was just a fantastic finish. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that ability to, to go to any other end and do anything similar. Um, our midfield, Casper, again, I... If he doesn't get picked up by somebody else, if we don't do something this season and he doesn't get picked up, I'll be surprised because he looks, you know, he looks top quality. Every time he gets the ball, he's, he's, he's safe. He just keeps it moving. But he's also got that little ability to play a telling pass, you know, when it's needed. So I think he's been a real fine for us this season. And then alongside him, Billy was a bit anonymous for me last night. And again, you can't blame him. He's not been playing regularly. So he was in there um, as a defensive player and... I suppose he did his job, but I didn't see much of him. And then when he did get the ball, again, he doesn't do anything that that stands out. But I suppose, you know, that that's what he's there for. I think if he looks at Casper, that's really the Billy Mitchell we want to get, you know, a player who can do what Casper can do. And it's his experience that, that comes through anyway. So I thought he uh, he did OK. But for me, I, I would rather have, and I know it's going to be controversial this, but I would rather have, um, Campbell in there because I thought the one thing that we did lack last night was a player getting beyond their back four and every time we got the ball none of our midfielders wanted to get beyond and, and help the striker and I think that's what Campbell does give us and as much as he's not overly popular with all the, the fan base who are crying out for Savile to play where we lacked last night was the player breaking through the lines and, and getting beyond them and, and I think Campbell does that he might run out of steam but he makes us look a better team. So I can see why he's been playing. And I was slightly disappointed that he didn't come on last night or that Savile didn't come on earlier to to try and do exactly that. Because once we did do that, once we went 2-1 down and he brought Savile and he brought Honeyman on, suddenly we looked a different team. And with the best will in the world, you know, it, that sort of effort shouldn't take us going behind in a game to get that out of the team. And, and I find it sort of quite galling all the time that we're always playing catch-up because we've made mistakes to give the game away and then 
we start looking like a team with a bit of passion. So it's what it is, isn't it? You know, uh, thank God there are three really poor teams at the moment at the bottom. So, you know, we're sort of getting away with it and we'll go again Saturday and see how it goes. So I'm sort of glass half full still, but I think it's just a little tweak and who knows what's going to go on with the next manager. So over and out and uh, on to Saturday and come on, you Lions. Sorry, Nick, the one thing I should have added in there was what an absolute jerk the referee was last night. I found him quite um, offensive. A lot of his decisions were were sort of flapped away, like it, it it was just what it was. But then when it comes to the big decisions, he seemed to miss everything. And, and I found it, you know, really galling that he didn't even contemplate giving us anything, especially in the, you know, in the attacking third. So I'm sorry about that. I should have added that to be mainly. All right, come on, you Lions. Thank you, Jim. Um, yeah, the referee. Wow, he was um, he was a piece of work, wasn't he? Uh, gave us nothing all night. Um, we do suffer with that a lot down the bend, listeners, don't we? But he was a particularly poor example. I do agree with you there, there, Jim. Um, interesting question um, about Billy. Um, can he get to Casper Denor's level? Does he have it? Um, that's going to be his challenge. He can see what Denor can do. Um, and if he aspires to a higher level, um, that's what that's what Billy has to try and achieve. Can't answer the questions whether he can or can't do it. Really, only only Billy can really um, answer that. But that certainly sets a high bar for for him and and the other midfielders in in the, in the squad. To be honest, Campbell. Yeah, interesting views there, Jim. Um, obviously. Um, you'll you'll struggle to find um, people online saying that. But I must admit. Um, we didn't look very, very creative last night, that's for sure. And whether that um, can or won't include Alan Campbell or not, he's only a lone player after all. So we'd be better off trying to build on our own, you know, homegrown players. But um, yeah, interesting, interesting views. I'll, I'll make you um, right that, um, you know, it was a frustrating, frustrating game overall. But there we are, dear listeners. We've got one more um, voicemail now from Angelo Miliotto, which I'm going to play and I'm going to close out because um, I'm going to go and have my tea. So um, big thank you to everyone who's contributed. As I said before, say again, you can send me messages via X, Twitter, or if you've got my number, WhatsApp, WhatsApp me with a, a voice note. Um, always welcome. Uh, that I, I really enjoyed doing this little bit of the show. So, um, you know, talk to me and, um, you know, the more the merrier so anyway it's going to play out today's show with angelo huge thank you to everyone for listening until next edition which will be after the Watford game saturday i'm going to say riva dirty mill and bye for now so let's uh, talk to angelo hi nick it's angelo here <clears throat> uh just not long being home from the game uh thought i'd give my two penneth um first of all obviously disappointing to lose again at home um, I've never known a home uh, home form like this in 30, was it, uh, 35 years I've been following Millwall. It's just ridiculous, but uh, anyway. Um, yeah, first half I thought it was a drab, um, terrible, terrible game. Um, but second half, I have to give the players credit. Um, they got me off my seat quite a lot in the second half, which is more than what's happened uh, in the past few months, well, since the start of the season. I did think Barrett made a mistake with uh, with the lineup, though. Um, Billy Mitchell 
just didn't do it for me. Longman wasn't very good. Um, you know, the two that he brought in, um, they just didn't do it for me. Sadly, Imaku had a stinker today um, after his uh, positive game up at Preston. Nothing went right for the kid today. Um, second half, when he made the subs, um, I really liked the team. Um, I would go with that team uh, at Watford. With all their midfielders on, I thought Hunnaman was bright. Uh, Savile got involved. Um, yeah, we were just pushing and pushing and pushing. But there weren't clear-cut chances, but... There was there, there were enough to get me off my seat every now and again, um, which is a lot more than than, than what's been happening. Um, Brooke Norton Cuffey, um, if he carries on playing like that, he'll get in the Arsenal team, mate. He was absolutely sensational today. I thought he was brilliant. Um, he didn't deserve to be on a losing losing side by a million miles. The best performance he, he he's uh, we've seen from him. He was tremendous, mate. Fantastic. I, I can't speak highly enough of his performance today. Bart made the mistake for their first goal. Although I have to give Blackburn credit. I thought I thought their passing for that first goal to create the chance was was fantastic. Um, but yeah, Bart's got to save that. But listen, Bart did make two worldy saves later on um, to make up for it. But. Um, but yeah, a bit unlucky really, mate, because obviously their second goal, we got Bryant down injured and the guy's got, all right, it was a fantastic pass, but the guy's got acres and um, if Brian wasn't injured, obviously he's going to put pressure on that guy. So it was a little bit unlucky there, I thought. Um, but do you know what? The players, they really, really tried tonight, I thought. I thought they they really, really gave it a lot of, a lot of effort. They looked a lot fitter as well. Um and, and I really liked all the midfielders on Honeyman, Savile, Dinor. Um, I like that. I, you know, I'd like I'd like to see that team start at Watford. The team that finished the game, I'd like to see start at Watford. Um, I think Imaku needs to just come out for a little bit, bring him on. You know, give him twenty minutes, half hour uh, for the next couple of games, and then bring him back in again. You know what I mean? Because I think it was just a bit too much for him today. Bless him. Um, SA. Couple of nice little touches, but didn't really, um, didn't really do much either. But um, but yeah, it's another defeat. Um, I'm not sure we'll have a manager in place. Uh, my my pick for manager, if it was me choosing, I'd go all out to get Muscat. Um, I, I've done some investigating. I've watched some YouTube videos. I've seen a lot of his interviews. The guy comes across so well. He, he's the one for me. I pray that 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 we get him. I'm not interested in anyone else. Um, I, I just I'm all I'm all out from mascot for for me, but anyway, anyway, uh, I'll leave it at that and uh, roll on to Watford. Hopefully, we will get a result there. Come on, you lines. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.